about a home win, 615 days without a home win in front of fans. It just doesn't bear thinking about. Uh, joining me for our uh, pod today are uh, Mark, uh, Ian and Dave Fevs. Always good to have uh, Dave on, but uh, we've caught him at a good time for today's. Um, guys, I come to you each in turn, as I normally do on these podcasts. Your thoughts on, summary thoughts on the game in uh, 30 seconds. I come to you first, Dave. Um, I thought it was a, a game where we didn't we didn't win the midfield. We lost lots and bits and pieces, um, and that contributed to much of what we saw in the second half. I thought first half we generally played all right. They had a ten or twelve minute spell, ran about a half hour up to forty minutes, um, and then you know, unlike us, we kind of scored whilst we were under pressure, which was which was good. But I thought I thought we were okay first half. Um, at second half, they, they they came out and we didn't really get going, bar a, a very short spell. So, yeah, kicking the teeth with the goals, thought that we defended relatively well and kept them in front of us. Um, but yeah, di- disappointing. Yeah, Mark, your uh, your thoughts on the the game? Just a brief summary. Well, I thought, despite being poor in possession and uh, having few chances, we defended very well. Until injury time, when we, you know, we lost a game in 90 minutes of madness. The discipline just completely went from uh, from Nathan Baker's challenge to the inability to stop Joe Lolly from having the shot, and you know we're back we're back to square one. It was a hard working display, but we didn't apply any press. Uh, during the game, really, to turn over the ball. It, it, there was a bit of a difference when Han Noah Masengo came on and we had the shot from uh, from Mackie Wells. But really, it was another forgettable match that we could have won, but again, again didn't. Yeah. Ian, I listened to your uh, typically erudite views on uh, Radio Bristol uh, last night. Uh, you were critical on Saturday of the way the side had been uh, set up. What were your thoughts on the game and the setup of the side? Well, the setup was very much like Dean Holden, except uh, read Alex Scott for Jamie Patterson. Uh, that can work, but um, Nigel Pearson needs to solve our major problem, and and that in that we can't retain possession. And come eighty minutes, they're all absolutely knackered, uh, and and that is there's there's a thing called. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. I, I remembered it this morning, um, but it's nervous exhaustion. And you don't hear it these days. People call it mental health and, and whatever, and whatever you want to call it. They finish up knackered, so their mind doesn't work properly. So how he needs to solve that is he needs to start with passing. Our passing is dreadful. Closing down. You you close down and tackle. You don't run until you get a meter from somebody and let them do what they like. Uh Obviously, I've mentioned retaining possession. Once again, last night, 34% possession. Stop lumping it. I get sick to death of seeing Dan Bentley smashing the ball up the field and their centre-house invariably winning it. Although, in fairness, we did score the goal from a Chris Martin flick on that Naki Wells actually got onto. So at least he he ran in behind him. Um, And the other uh, possible solution is having more than two shots on target per game. Because if you're yeah. only having one shot on target in each half, unless your conversion rate is something amazing, 
You're not going to yeah. score any goals. No, you're not. Um, um, and because we rarely have the ball, our players are mentally and physically drained after 80 minutes. And that's why we're conceding all these late goals. Yeah. yeah. That, Dave, that was typifying in De Silva yeah. at the end, wasn't it, um, Ian? If you looked at De Silva when he was beaten so easily by Spence for the, uh, for the penalty, he was knackered. Well, well, we'll talk about fitness later. We've talked about fitness on and off for, for a while now. I mean, Dave, um, your thoughts on the setup of the side uh, and, and indeed Ian's <coughs> comments, because I know you two joust uh, occasionally on, the, on, on Twitter with slightly differing views. But, you know, there were four, four changes. I guess you could say two in force with Williams and King uh, injured. Pring was out and O'Dowda didn't make the start, although he was taken off at half-time the other day. But your thoughts on the side and Ian's general view on a synopsis of the problem before we start to delving into aspects of the game. I guess, I guess I'll, I'll revert to type here and say it ain't all about formations because, you know, and I'll, I'll have a bit of a dig at Ian here and say Ian's been asking for back threes, one holding, two, two supporting, two up front, all those various different formations. Well, in the last couple of games, at various points in the game, we've tried every single one of those formations and, it hasn't brought the ultimate result. Okay, that's me being a bit facetious about it. Ultimately, I think it's, I'd say it's 70% players, 30% system. And I think that's, there. there is some elements of system which are absolutely massively important. But ultimately, it's about, it's about the players that are on, on, on the pitch. And what do you mean about the players, Dave? I mean, is that their mental attitude? Is it their, no, is it the, the, this fitness thing again? We've talked how, about how good, fitness. How good they are, Dave. <laughs> they're just not good enough um, part of that and I, and I think you know combinations and pairings and you know cohesiveness you know you can get a, I think you know up until you know probably Bournemouth we haven't always played well in in every game but we've, we've been competitive we've looked organised we've looked like we're we're in with a shout and, and Bournemouth is obviously the, the real exception to that in, in, in my opinion um, but you know we in terms of kind of fatigue and things like that, if you if you chase the ball around for six, 60 plus percent of the, the game or 65, it's quite interesting just looking at Y Scout at the moment. In the first half, we made almost twice as many passes as we did in the second half. Mm. We had 45% possession versus 55 Forest. In the second half, it's like 30, 60, 31, 69. And, and I think that kind of tells tells a tale. I, I don't mind us not having more than fifty percent possession because I think some of that's down to the fact that we do play quite direct. Um, yeah. So we are going to start. But if you're going to play direct, then for me, there's a couple of fundamentals in there, and, and these are things that stop. You have the players to play that style of football, which you, you, we don't. You do, but you also yeah. have to play much closer as your as your mm. three units. And you know, once again, I'll probably talked at length last season about not getting strung out. I mean. You know, playing a playing a high line, and I think we can play a high line when you've got people like Callas at, at the back, who's massive, Quick. rapid. Um, yeah. But also, if you, if you think about it, if you if you knock a ball, you know, if you if you if you're full back or your side centre back, it's a direct ball into Chris Martin. If you if you're forty five fifty yards away between the players, and your midfielders just come short to give an option for a short pass off the centre back or the full back. He's isolating. And then he's expected to then leg it 35 yards up to get within 10 yards of Chris Martin for a nod down. It doesn't happen. 
So you have to kind of really condense those lines. And that's what yeah. Forrest did. And, you know, you, you've probably seen on Twitter, I stuck a post up this morning on there about where where I think we lost the, the game in, in terms of not picking up the bits and pieces. Because actually, we then can't get close to get the, the, the little bits and pieces. And that's fundamentally where we're, where we're going wrong mm. from a, an amateur's point of view. Yeah, before I come on to Mark, just going through aspects of the game, Ian made a comment that, you know, we're not tackling. We get players that stand off rather than get stuck in. And Nathan Baker went crashing in for, for the penalty. But do you see what Ian's saying that with players standing off? Yeah, definitely. I think I, there's there's a there's a time there's a time to go in and tackle and there's a time to, you know, keep the shape and, and move move the ball around. Probably last night at times second half we allowed them to move the ball around too much without getting taxed. And I, I'm I'm with Ian on this one that I don't I don't see why you you know, you're ten yards away from the bloke when the when the bloke's looking to get receipt of the pass and by the time he's got it, you've run six or seven of those yards and you stop three yards away because that doesn't affect the receiver of the ball. And that's you know, I'm not gonna dig out players here, but there are a few players on our side that do that. They get to in three yards and then they don't want to get any closer and affect the receiver of the ball. Mm. That's our, that's another of our big problems at the moment. Yeah. It's not all the team, it's some of the team. You know, mm. some got to name names, Dave. Come on, I mean, no, because it's, it's, it's pointless because it's not all the time. It, but okay, are, but who has a propensity to do it? There, there are players like Udowda. Yeah, does that? Patterson used to do it. You know, it, 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 we don't we don't get we don't get close enough in there. Probably. probably yeah. James in the early games of the season was really good at getting really tight, but I think he's 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 dropped off a bit in the in the last couple of games. Well, I thought he was dreadful at the weekend, but I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I thought last night, but he tired. He tired. Okay, let me let me go on to uh, to, to to Mark. I mean, I've I've got the notes of the action here, and I welcome the fact that uh, Alex Scott came into the team. Uh, he set up uh, Vyman for that close range header. He did a bad miss himself on uh, nineteen minutes, and then Brennan Johnson hit the post with them, but. Uh, Mark, I'll let you talk about the first goal. Um, it, 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 it was good, wasn't it? I mean, Martin flicked header, as Dave said. Uh, Wells put the shot in, Samba. Um, and there's Alex Scott. How did you see that goal? And was, was City worth that half-time lead? Well, it was it, it was it was to and from, but I think it was a kick. Was, I think it was a kick by um, by Bentley, and. Naki Wells makes a run in behind and he hits the ball first time, which means the, key, the keeper's got to get down early. And Alex Scott, you know, like a good attacking midfielder, follows it in and, you know, make up for his earlier miss when he perhaps should have hit it with his left foot, but steered, screwed it wide with his right. So it was good to get to half time uh, with a 1 0 lead when we, you know, con- like we said, we conceded a lot, a lot of possession. Just going back to what everybody said, is just the lack of doing the basics, really. And you have got somebody like Alex Scott. We always suppose you got you got to give you got to give him a lot of slack. But he was he was done on on sixty minutes, uh, and they brought you know Hamo Sengo was brought on. But you look at the midfield, it just looks so lightweight. You know you, you could bring Zach Viner is an auxiliary midfielder, but I think he's he's not. He's on fit. the naughty step. Is he injured or is he? I don't know. I think step? he's injured. I don't think he's. I don't think he's on the naughty step. Okay. Uh, Paul come... Williams is injured, and then who who have you got? 
That's it. Yeah, well, and King was Match injured as well. King was injured as well. Um, mm. Ian, uh, we we were deserving of the half-time lead, just about. It looked good. I was entertaining somebody who'd not been to Ashton Gate before and said, this is really good. And I said, you wait. So, you know, I had a disappointment. And he wasn't disappointed, or I wasn't disappointed making that statement. But one minute at half-time, did you think we were worthy of that advantage? Well, I thought we should have been, uh, or we, we should have been two up. Because yeah. Scott missed a sitter, let's be honest. He's not and Vyman's header with a bit more power should have gone in as well, shouldn't it? Well, yeah. Vyman's header was appalling because he was completely unmarked and he was about, what was he, eight yards out? Yeah, and he nodded his back no to the keeper. Not at all, didn't Yeah, uh, and, but he could, uh, with the space he had, have possibly, take, if get, couldn't get any power in it, taken a step back and tried to chest it and volley it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got the ability. We've seen him do it. Um, but I think that that's possibly a confidence thing. Players not closing down properly. Andy Voidman. If if you see the difference between the way Antoine Semenyo closes down the keeper and the way that um, Voidman does it, or Martin for that matter, they don't get close enough. And they don't tackle. That keeper's got to be thinking, hang on, if I don't get rid of this ball, I'm going to get kicked up in the area or I'm going to kick onto him and he's going to score. Now, Semenyo got two goals last season for that reason. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think he is actually a player we're missing. A little bit of breaking news. Um, Joe Williams is probably only out for two weeks. Don't know the extent of the injury, but uh, Pearson has said, hopefully oh, not as not bad as he man. thought. Well, that's good. So, that is good news. So, so that's some good news. But th- then the cynic in me says, "Well, yeah, but how long is he is, is he going to stay fit for?" And I, I'm, and we've I'm heard, and we've heard two, and we've heard two weeks before here. And look, look at it this way: that's yeah, be, we're we're that, be we know, It's three weeks. Well, we're he's not going to be back. He won't be back before the international break because that's two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Think well, we heard. Well, we heard two weeks. With Callum O'Dowden, I think he was out for seven. Um, yeah. So I, I don't put, put much for you, but at least he hasn't come back and said, yeah, it's a, a great three and, and sort of see him after Christmas or yeah. in April or something like that. I, I could cry for the kid. I really could. I don't hold anything against Williams. But the the minute he landed in Bristol, I mean, he got literally got injured with his first kick of a ball in training. That was his thigh. Then he did his hamstring. Then that got treated. Then he came back. Then he did his hamstring, and now he's done his hamstring again by the look of it. So I, I don't think, in a in a nice way, I don't think we can rely on Joe uh, in, unless they can come up with – because the last hamstring injury I had, they said, ah, well, actually, we found out what was causing it. Now, it, yeah, it was his hamstring, but it was something completely – It was an underlying problem, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, let's but they, into- they said they cracked it. So – my, my my view on on, on the um, I think you were asking me uh, about yeah I thought I thought we were we deserving were of the lead just about just about worth the lead I mean they hit the post um, yeah. but that was uh, but but once again you've got if you're going to play like we did last night with with basically two tens or what you call them eights if you want in that we we matched. Forest up, and I thought we stopped them well in the wide areas, particularly in the first half. Uh, but then that last ten minutes, it just got on top, and we couldn't get out. 
Yeah. Uh, I, and I don't think I don't think Masengo looked anything like 100% fit in normal when he came on. That's true. Let me come on to uh, Dave. Dave, second half, um, <coughs> you know, it wasn't, you know, we, we clearly, did, did we alter the shape at the start of the second half? Because I've got here, Wells did that audacious chip from 40 yards, which went just over. Scott, uh, I thought, should have had a penalty. Yeah. And then Vyman set up Wells and he hit the post. Samba touched it onto the post. He didn't even yeah, get the corner there. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Um, Scott, was that a pen? And was he a victim of the fact that in the first half, he went down, he's got a very good knack, Scott, of getting kicks in the way that Grealish does, where he shields the ball, encouraging the touch. And he, he, he went down three times. In fact, I think he went down four in the first half, got away with three, and then uh, well, didn't get the first one, then got three in a row. Do you think that referee um, was not going to give that penalty, even though it was nailed off? What did you think of that? I say, well, from from my position in the lands down, effectively it was kind of directly in front of me, and it it looked like the guy tackled him from the wrong side and, and and brought him down. I was amazed the ref didn't give a penalty, but I do think you're right, Dave, in that a couple of more uh, theatrical falls to the floor, whether fouled or not, probably counted against him. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed. I thought it was a penalty. I haven't, I haven't seen any highlights or any kind of real interviews either. This this morning, but has anyone seen it? Was it was it a penalty? Because it certainly looked like. It. I I haven't seen it. I mean, when you look at some of the highlights, they seem to be bereft of uh, any uh, meaningful action uh, on there. But uh, it looked like he, it looked like he, he didn't get he didn't get enough of the ball. He got he got the foot. The he did. Yeah, he, he he did look like he caught him, but you, you're right. He does go down. What he does, he gets his body over the ball and shields it, doesn't he? And wins a lot of free kicks. He's very good at he's very good at doing it. Doing that. Um, one one time he flatly flopped on the ball and held on to it, and he still won a free kick, didn't he? I thought it was like a <laughs> he was starting a ruck and he was going to roll over and release it. Yeah, no, that's very true. There's a guy on here. He says he's DJW. He said listening from Perth, Western Australia. I'm being a City fan over here. Don't get to see lots on TV. So the in-depth analysis from you guys is class. And wait for this. Ian, you're a legend. Oh, for FFS. And so, uh, oh, yeah. for that. Now, that, is a, that is a man I like. <laughs> this is the, this is the a... Ian Gay Perth fan club. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, another clap for yeah, this is, You know that's Perth at the moment. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's that's obviously a guy with taste. And, and actually, um, I've, got, uh, I've got another... Shut up, Ben. I've got another follower from Twitter who is in Australia and she watches the games on Robin's TV at, get this, 4.45 a.m. <laughs> that's loyalty, isn't it? That's, a collect- it that's, that's just masochism, Ian, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Ian, I mean, we were, I mean, the second half, we did have, we did have some chances, but, you know, it, it, the, for the last 20 minutes, um, it, it, Samba was almost playing as a sweeper, wasn't he? I mean, let's look at, and we come to each of you in turn, but I'll start with Ian. Let's look at that, you know, Taylor, he got one in 36 and he scores two goals in 50 seconds. Ian, oh, take us through the stat. two goals. Take us through the two goals as you saw them or what your thoughts were from the 85th minute onwards. Uh, Ian, um, well, long, long ball, ball out to the, to the uh, our left flank. Guy wins it, gets inside to Silva. Baker goes barreling in uh, with this 
slide into because he loves a slide tackle. I'll give him his due. Baker's not one of them that's going to die wondering. He, he gets stuck in. Um, flies in, looked a pen to me. I'd have been screaming for a pen if it was us. And by the way, I, I do think the tackle on, and I've seen it uh, on replay, that was a penalty on Alex Gott. And the referee got two or three major decisions wrong last night. For example, I mean, a simple one he got is when Naki Wells' shot was touched onto the post. That was a save. Now, that counts as a shot off target. But um, it, it got touched onto the post. Shouldn't do. Uh, and <laughs> and and then he then he gave a corner. Uh, sorry, he didn't give, give a goal, corner. Give he gave a goal, goal kick. kick. Yeah. Yeah. So That's so he made take. that mistake. That Scott was a, a penalty. Um, it, he got brought down. So if if you look at it, and it, I know if you're anti and all that stuff, um, if Scott had put that excellent chance he had away in the first half and got the goal and been brought down for a penalty, we'd be probably sat here celebrating a 3-0 win. But it, we didn't. So anyway, he'd gone inside. Baker is, is had him over. Daft, daft challenge. Um, born in desperation because Silva got out-muscled. Um, and then uh, uh, the second goal, uh, uh, Lolly, I think it was, got away. Yeah, right hand curler. Uh, Bentley dived, touch of the touch of the chocolate wrists. I think uh, palmed it out, not very far. I think uh, Taylor handballed it. I mean, it went down his arm, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, sort yeah of certainly could. He certainly could. It wasn't his hand; it was his arm. But that's handball, and he's brought it down. And if you had VAR, that'd have been disallowed. So, yeah. um, not not impressed with with that. But overall. Our defending, if, if you look at every week, if you look at the number of shots we have and the number of shots we have on target and the, then compare that to the opposition, they always have far more of both normally, particularly at home. Yeah. And, and you can't allow all those opportunities to shoot. And, and just a quick one on formations. Let me just say, Whatever formation you play, and I've already suggested one that we use it at West Brom, um, the players have to play well. And if you get people who aren't closing down, aren't tackling, you could play, I don't know, three at the back and seven up front. It's not going to make it's not going to make a difference. So the players, I think Dave's right, the players have to be accountable. But I think changing formations, that tells me, in a way, that Pearson is a long way from knowing what his best side is. Yeah. And when he talks me, about... Well, let's talk, we'll on, talk about structure. Yeah. We'll, let's yeah. talk about All structure right. and some of those comments in a minute. Dave, I, I want your take, because you're down the opposite end of the field, I think, from where that disastrous 50 seconds happened. But you must have been straining your neck because in the last 15 minutes of the game, it was wave after wave after wave after wave. Um what what were your thoughts on the goals, the manner of the performance in the closing stages? Because by that time, we made the substitutions. All three had come on. Palmer for Scott didn't add anything. Wells never does. Yeah, Masengo looking unfit. You know, it was it was brewing, wasn't it? What happened? I I, I guess, you know, our, our subs, actually, the, the first two were exactly what I said to the, the guys that, that I sit next to. I said, Martin's flagging. We need to get him off. I think I don't think he'll. He hasn't got a striker to bring on, so I think he'll push Wyman up top, and he'll and he'll bring on a bring on a midfielder. And uh, who, who did he bring on? Brought on 
Is it Palmer? Palmer, yeah. yeah, Palmer. Palmer, in fairness, I think he always he'll get stuck in. He'll run around. He's not the most intelligent presser of the ball. But, you know, so I, I didn't think that was a wrong substitution. And then the, the, the next substitution was Alex Scott had been booked. He chased someone back because he got wrong side on. I thought he's going to have a nibble here and he's going to get a red card. And he was he was knackered. And so I thought he he had, he had to come off. And I can't try, try to frantically think who we are. Uh, who we brought on then? Who do we bring on for? Well, no, Masengo oh, came oh, on sorry, for Martin. Masengo. Sorry, yeah, Masengo for Martin. Yeah, which I thought was Palmer Martin. for Scott. Yeah, and then O'Dowda for Wells. I I had no disagreements with them. You know, you can argue well we should have brought Pring on, but you know, Pring's Pring's not played as a central midfielder ever before for us. So why would you necessarily bring him on? Bring him on there. So I thought it was right to make those first two subs. The third one is the one probably you can have a bit of a question mark. Could Naki have lasted a, another seven minutes or whatever? I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's always easy when, when you concede goals in the latter part of a game after subs have been made to say, oh, goal, we got the subs wrong. I, I thought the first two were, you know, I don't know what other people thought, but I thought they were very logical subs in the, in the, in the, in the situation, the circumstances. Yeah. Third one, yeah. you know, bit bit of six one. But the, and the goals, Dave, and the goals, you know, big, I mean, the penalty, Baker, I thought he had a great game that part. He dives in, the pitch sliding in made it worse. But, you know, did, was Lolly given too much room to get his shot in? Well, Ian uh, said about chocolate and Chris Bentley. You, think, but, you take, take individual, you know, bits of play and you, you, you're going to find faults with, with what happened. For, for me, you know, Forrest made the change, didn't they, at, uh, on 67 minutes. So, you know, earlier on, someone said about um, Samba playing as a sweeper-keeper. Well, he only started playing as a sweeper-keeper because they moved from a back a back three and wing-backs to a back four when they brought Mighton on. And they ended up moving to a 4-3-3 or a 4-1-2-3, you know, depending on how you, how you look at it. And basically, they start to then get their full-backs, which were their wing-backs, and their wide players doubling up on our fullbacks, and that's that's the big problem that, that we've had and we've seen in other games not necessarily late in the game that too often Tanner has left one-on-one yeah I thought, I thought he defended admirably you know, I thought he was great I thought he had another really good game and when we come on and talk about the side compared with the one four years ago when we enjoyed that spell I mean he's in that team even though he's only played what half a dozen games for us you know I thought yeah. he looked good but what you were just saying there Dave about you know, the players and what have you, or the, the, the approach. It, it, and, you know, it, we've got an experienced coaching team on the sidelines. You expect a little bit more, yes, from the manager? I, yeah. I expect us to be able to react better than what we did last last night. You know, I'm not going to say generally, because I think sometimes this season things, we you know, picked up things quite well. But I thought last night, I'm not sure we necessarily missed it, but we didn't react to that. We did a little bit because we went five four one for a for a period of time and tried to get four across the midfield, but we still didn't really deal with it. And you know, you're right. Samba came in and played as almost like the the third centre back. So in, in effect, they had eleven outfield players against our ten, and, yeah. and that's what and that's why they create over. We can sit here and talk about, oh, you know, we don't get enough shots or we don't get enough possession or whatever. But unless we look at the kind of whole thing and say it's not just about City because there's 11 players from the opposition 
on the pitch as well, trying to stop us doing what we want and doing different things, then you know you're, you're never going to analyze it properly no. and you're not going to come to, come to the right conclusion. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, I can watch that game and I know all the answers because I don't, but I can see that certain things happen in that game that we we didn't react to. I don't yeah. necessarily have the solution for it, but we didn't react to them go into a back four, pushing their keeper into almost possession. Um, and then, all, all so that is the manager's on. fault that we used to yeah. criticise Dean it Holden, is. and we no, used to criticise Lee Johnson for not responding to what's going on out there. And Absolutely. you know, I was listening to the comments on the Rovers game last night. Joey Barton, you know, the fans or the I think it's Keith Brookman who was reviewing their game, or somebody was on there talking intelligently, sort of saying, "Yeah, made three substitutions and totally." took the impetus away. I mean, Alan Payne has said on here, would we all be talking like this if Mackie had taken his second half chance? Well, no, we wouldn't. Or if the penalty had gone, you know, we wouldn't be talking think, like I this. Think we would, we are know, where we are. I think the, the analytical side of it, we'd be having the same discussions around how do we get so deep and how do we perhaps smash and grab one on, on the on the break and win, yeah. and win two, two nil. Yeah. But I think if, if, you know, if you're not knee-jerk purely by results and you look at some of the fundamentals, then there's some there's some bigger issues there and you know yeah. I've called out Lee Johnson in the past for not reacting what's happened on that last night I'd accuse Nigel Pearson and his yeah. coaching staff of not not reacting to Forrest changing the way they play yeah. let me let Mark have a crack on uh, yeah, the, sorry, the, the, the 50 seconds of uh, madness because that's what it appeared yeah what what how did you did you was it coming you know, maybe the draw, maybe the equaliser had Blackpool written yeah, over it, not, and it was Blackpool not on, on steroids, wasn't it? Really? Well, not on the way, not on the way I expected. I mean, we've we've looked, we we have looked, we in in the in the fullback position um, against um, Blackpool, and who was the other one uh, where we conceded a late goal against Luton. against Luton, where where Bentley where Bentley dropped the ball, but most of the crossing was pretty inept, you know. They were crossing from the sides and the ball was going over the bar. They were at the edge of the area and we had a pretty packed penalty area. And going back to what uh, Dave said, I mean, Mike, they brought Mighton on as a winger and, and uh, George Tanner was, was blocking most of his stuff. He tried to take him on one-on-one and Tanner was making some great blocks. But for the goal, Jed Smith, who's on loan from Middlesbrough, got the ball wide out on the right flank, right touch line. And he just... Pushed the ball past past uh, uh, Jay De Silva, but Baker comes across and just dive just dives in. But I've looked at the goal again, and and Baker and Atkinson are in the area. So Smith's got some work to do. He either crosses the ball, hits the ball across the box, or tries to beat Bentley from his near post. So. Baker doesn't have to do that. Baker doesn't have to have to dive in. He can just try and make it harder, stay on his feet, but he doesn't, and that and that's it. That's gone. The second one, there's a long pass played from right to left by a not a Forest midfielder, don't know who, and it falls to Alex Mighton. Mighton, good player, good player. Yeah, Alex Mighton. He's got uh, Masengo and Tanner in front of him. He lays the ball back to Lolly. Masengo tries to block him, and I think uh, you see, but one or both of them with their hands behind their behind their back, so that they don't expose their arms and give away a penalty. But he curls the ball round both of them and through some defenders, which is a, which is a shame. You, you know, from there you'd hope that somebody would have got a block. And like Ian said, Bentley pushes. 
Hello? I think we just lost Mark. And that's it, gone. Let me come on. Oh, he's gone. No, he's back. He's back again. All right. Um, look, I'm just going to give my take on the, the – I don't want to do individual marks, and I'm not going to give marks, but I just look through the team, right? And I've got Dan Bentley. He does what he does. You can't really blame him for the goals. We've said the chocolate wrists. Uh, George Tanner, I think he's doing all right. As somebody said on here, we're playing inexperienced fullbacks. He meant Pringham Town. Well, Pring didn't play last night, Red Robin, but I think you know what we mean there. I think Tanner did okay. Callus Atkinson and Baker as a three-man central defence, based on last transfer values, that's about 20 million quids worth of, uh, maybe slightly overstated, no, 15 million quids worth of central defender. So, realistically, you know, that's as good as most championship sides. To Silva, I don't think he's big enough as a fullback, as somebody's put on here. Anytime somebody plays a long ball in that's more than five feet above in the air, he's not going to get it. In the middle of the field, Matty James, I thought he did okay. I was critical of him at the weekend. I've got a few pelters uh, for saying that. Alex Scott, I think he should be in. He's only 19. How long is it before Benarus gets in after that hat-trick that he scored for the reserves? Because he looked good as well. Andy Vyman, I thought he was utter crap last night. The number of times he miscontrolled the ball in the middle of the field. So, But the midfield was, was lightweight. It was a three. Was it a three or was it just James and Scott? And Ian said, if we play two in midfield, we'll get, run over, get overrun. And then up front, Chris Martin needs a rest. But he's in there every week. Vyman and Martin appear to be undroppables. And I thought Naki Wells, I thought Naki Wells was was okay. He created the goal, albeit it was touched across by the keeper. Um, he had that chip, which was would have been great if that had gone in. And then he bought that good save. So that's my take on the eleven. Ian, um, any of my criticism uh, or comments you'd like to pick up on there, looking at the the collective without giving them individual marks? I would say, uh, looking at the performance last night, I'd go along with, with a lot of the stuff that uh, that Dave said. Uh, we were okay in the first half. Um, I would say it was it was even. Uh, they at the post, Scott missed a sitter. Scott scored. Naki uh, got a good shot on target. The keeper palmed out. So coming out the game with... I would have thought the back three and the keeper would all, for me, get... A, get a six Baker would have been would have got more um, had he not given the penalty away Matty James had a better game than he's had of late so I'd give him a seven Tanner is uh, and, and Scott got the goal and was a threat um, Tanner I thought had a, a great game particularly as we don't defend well in wide areas and he's not supported uh, Chris uh, Chris Martin uh, got I, you know you could say he got a partial assist for Naki's uh, for Naki's shot that led to the goal, but I think the bloke it just gets battered and is isolated and Pearson really really made a severe rick uh, by not bringing it. If he didn't uh, rate uh, Britain, then he needed to bring in somebody who could come in for Martin when he was unfit, unavailable, or just plain knackered. I thought Naki did well. I don't agree with taking him off um, because he he scared him a bit and I, I liked his effort from long range. That showed great vision. Of the subs that came on, I don't think any of, the, any of them merited more than a six and I give O'Dowd a three. But then again, <laughs> he, he's not a, 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 a centre forward and they just 
seem to stick him up there for something to do. Uh, you know, and it's like a lot of the times I say, play the, play them in their right positions or don't play them. And, and I'm fed up with saying it. You know, um, if, we, if we went, if I look at that side now, uh, because it was, a th- meant, well, it was meant to be a 3-1-4-2, uh, which is another name for 3-5-2, I suppose. But if I look at that side, if, if, if we went to West Brom with that, we'll get battered. So we need to do something better uh, and different. I, I don't... What was the crowd last night? Don't know. Uh, Anybody know? BBC. Yeah. It was 20... It was, it was over 20... No. I, I did... No, it was 20,800 on Saturday. I would have said it was a bit less than that. I would say 17 and a half, maybe 18 plus. Yeah, probably, yeah. Because they, they bought well, half the you... number of fans at Bournemouth. Well, remembering that the you know the season ticket holders are counted whether they're there or not. I know. Um, I thought it was, a, considering what the weather was like an hour before kickoff last night, because I got absolutely soaked walking like a quarter of a mile to the ground. But if they had like another four... Maybe five thousand people walk up and pay on the day after what we've been enduring uh, for God knows how long, and then I don't think that was bad at all. Um, Mark, your uh, your your uh, thoughts on what I said about individual players in the team? I mean, Vyman, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I think he runs around a lot. Somebody said on here, Tom Rawls said, AW has been anonymous for three games now. Agreed, but he 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 offered nothing. Yeah. And you know you could have given you could have given Martin a rest and tried Vyman and Wells up front and even bought in uh, you know Backinson off the naughty step and maybe gave Backinson and Masengo a half each. But my overall assessment of the team, Mark, what did what did you think? About well, it? I think you've got you've got to defend from the front, and um, we we just don't do that. We you know we made it so easy for for Forrest to pass the ball, and I think that comes from from the front players. And you think. I look at Vyman and he, you know you just think of him like the Jorasel, the Jorasel bunny. He just keeps going. So why didn't we put the energy in to making it hard for them to play out from the back? And that's what that's what all Forrest wanted to do, and that was typified by um, Bryce Samba because nobody, no no City players, <laughs> City dropped so deep that he was able to come thirty yards out of his goal, which uh, you know gave Wells a chance chance to lob him in the second half. So it's just that lack of pressing. You know, you could be you could be a team that that doesn't play strings of passes like Manchester City, but you can turn the ball over and be tight, and then and then uh, you know move up move up the pitch as a unit. And we just don't do that either. We're neither one or the other. So you yeah. just left with with the thought that we're going to we score one goal. We're desperately hanging on here. Let's hope that uh, the the referee the, the assistant ref doesn't give too much added time. But I was just waiting for them to score. I couldn't get down to the game. I watched it on Robin's TV, but I was looking through my fingers thinking they're, going, they're bound to score, they're bound to score, and it happened. It's a sad state of affairs, but that's where we are. Yeah. Dave, uh, let's look forward to uh, West Brom. Um, Ian Please said... Please don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's two defeats. Look, if we'd have won last night, we'd have been one point... Yeah, at, at like 9.40, we were one point off the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, it was when we were winning one 0 and now where we are, nestling in mid table, we've got to drop a couple of places tonight with another load of fixtures. But it's looking at it could be three defeats in a week, right? And then you know, Barnsley at home becomes even more 
pressure as they look at a win at the 18th attempt. But how do you think, uh, Dave, City, with the players that are available, and we'll assume, well, we know Williams isn't fit, King can't do 90 minutes, yeah? How would you set up against um, the baggies who aren't pretty to watch? It's interesting. There's one of the threads on Twitter today saying the fans are happy that they're up top, but they're not happy with the style of football, which is Barnsley style, as somebody said to me yesterday. But they, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. How would you set up from the players available against West Brom for the weekend? I think the, the, the one thing you can't do is have big distances between your units. You know, West Brom are going to play a really high line. They're going to play direct. They are the most direct team in the championship. They've got the least number of passes made all season. They've got the lowest pass percentage rate. It's going to be a game of head tennis. They might have the, the quality when they do get it down, but they don't get it down very often. They basically... Play sorry, sorry, Dave, who's, who's this you're talking about? West Brom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statistically, that's not. what Ismail did at uh, Barnsley. It's exactly yeah. the same style of football, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. Sorry, Dave, carry on. It's yeah. the exact same. They've got some better quality players than Barnsley. That if they do get the ball down, which they don't do very often, then they 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 can play a bit. But they are they play a territory game. They play a percentages game, and they grind and they grind and they grind you down. So the prerequisite for me is we need to have a group of players out there that are prepared to. Battle. All right. So, who are the who would you pick then, Dave? Now, and we talk about formations because we keep saying not about formations; it's about players, yeah. systems, and yeah. systems not to be confused with formations. Yeah, correct me if, if I'm wrong. If so, at... so what would you do if D Nigel Pearson said, "Look, Dave, you do a lot of analysis. Come in. You've seen us. You analyze it in depth. What should I play on Saturday?" I think. If, I think if he did that first part of it, Dave, I'd. I'd wonder whether the Robin's Eye Performance Centre has perhaps got a, a circular room with padding and asking us. Um, no, I, I, so, you know, going back to what I said, in fact, the previous thing I just, just put up on the message board was, for me, I thought we had two players who were under par last night. And that's not saying everyone was great, but they were Vyman and Martin. I thought they both had poor poor games, Vyman especially. I thought everyone else played played all right. I don't think Forest were great shakes. They they passed it around a bit. Um, but I thought everyone else played alright. I thought we had some strong performances from Tanner, Cavus, Baker. Um I thought the Silvers were right. I thought Wells was alright, but I, I I think what you've got what you've got to do is be prepared to just turn them round and make them, you know, so they're gonna play up, you know, they're gonna sit with a defensive line probably five yards in their own half. And if you kick the ball down the centre of the pitch over the top. There'll be no space in there. Johnston will come out and he'll he'll play as a sweeper keeper like Bamba last night and like Brad Collins did for Barnsley last season. There will be no space in behind them to to play balls unless you get that third man runner kind of kind of coming through. Yeah. So we need we need to be competitive. And and, and for me, it starts at the back. I'm, I'm not a great lover of three at the back for City per se, but our three biggest battlers are Baker, Callison, and Atkinson. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit surprised last night that that he played um, Atkinson in the centre and Baker on the outside. I'd have probably oh. done it the other way round, and I think mm. we might have had a little bit better cohesiveness on the ball with Atkinson playing outside. Although Baker made a couple of lovely passes last night, but um, he did. Yeah. So, so I think that that's your that's your starting point. 
is, is those three at the back, which probably means you're going to have to play wing-backs. Tanner. So you've got Tanner picks himself. So who do you have then against the, the baggers? De Silva or Prince? I, I, I guess... Because that's the choice. Yeah, I, that's it. I, I, might go, I might go horses for courses on this one and say I'm going to go with Pring purely on a height basis. Crap. I hate, hate saying that, but... <laughs> But I think that might be the right thing to do. And he's a gutsy player, even though he didn't play very well against against Bournemouth. He'll, he'll get he'll get stuck in. He's not six foot three and likes to tackle, but he will get stuck in. Ian. Mm. Um, and I think well, I'm happy with that then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's your that's your your back. You're six. happy with that, Ian? Are you? Yeah. That's, that's, that's your back so six, far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think James will, James. Let, will play, let, let me finish on his team, and then I'll come so, to you, Ian. So yeah. I, I guess I guess James. Right. Will play. Yeah. No problems. Yeah, James will play, won't he? Um, yeah, I'm hoping Masengo has kind of just got a little bit rustiness out of him last night, and he's ready to go. I think that's two of your midfield. I play Wells. That's so three. So I've picked. I've picked. I've picked. Um, you put Wells in there, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So you're I'm doing. Good. You're not going with Martin and Vyman. No, well, I might. I might. Do, I might do yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm definitely going for Wells because I think we need Wells to be able to spin in and run into those. Little holes down the side of their centre backs, high up, and be able to clip balls around. So I think Wells and James and Masengo. So I've picked, I've picked nine now, haven't I? And and the the other two, you know, pick and choose who, who you want. To be honest, if you want Martin's aerial presence, then you you could go with him. You could go Vyman up alongside him. Um, you could even go with a bit more of a, a five four one, couldn't you, if necessary? But I think nine of the eleven are gonna gonna come from those. Yeah, we'll see where it is, and I, and I, you know, I, without sitting there and really thinking about it too hard, that that's kind of the foundation of the side that I mm. pick against West Brom. Oh, yeah, what do you think? What do you think, Ian? I mean, uh, interesting that you're uh, playing. You're dropping Scott, basically. Um, no, I, and... I haven't. I haven't picked ten and eleven. Alex Scott might be might be one of those. I've picked nine. All right. Okay. What would you have, What would you have, Ian? How would you? Because again, you're always talking about shape. Right. What shape would you have? And personnel. Yeah. And personnel. Ready? Don't agree yeah. with me. My team. Like <laughs> My team. Bentley and Gore, Atkinson, Baker, Callas. Right to left, Tanner, Viner, James, Masengo, Pring. Up front, Martin in Wells. Or you, you could, uh, as Dave said, have Scott in there as a 10. Because basically that defence, you've got eight players there who like a tackle. You've got eight players there with... Well, you've got... Three of them are about six foot. Uh, Zach's six foot two, I think. But he'll win a ball in the air. He'll like a tackle. Tactics. So I would smash Livermore uh, and mow it. I'd use the Steve Galliers uh, midfield tactic that Wimbledon used against Tottenham when after about two minutes, uh, Graham Roberts, who you remember played for England, also played for Weymouth at one time, I believe, got smashed up in the air from behind and thought, what the hell is that? And he said, all of a sudden, I see this little bloke standing over me. And he says to him, if you think you're hard, you've seen F4 yet. So that is how you set the tone. Uh, you cannot let, because Livermore will be tactical fouls in the referee's ear, all the rest of it. Moet's a good footballer, got a good left foot, delivers good set pieces. Um, so we've got to go up there and we can't be manby pamby We've got to compete and we've got to cause them as many problems. I think, actually, when I think about it, I think Scott 
although I wouldn't normally play him in a game where we need to be physical, I think he might cause some damage because he's one of the very, very few players we've got that can get hold of the ball and run with it. Yeah, um, and he can pick a pass. I, what, and he can pick a pass. And he can pick. And he can pick a pass. And and then if I I did that, uh, I'd probably unless we're going to play through the thirds and play a lot more football, I, I think you almost have to include Chris Martin up there because uh, just a bit of presence and a bit of size. Uh, but I I pick an attacking bench, and twenty minutes to go, we're a goal down. Then you can get the likes of Wells, Vyman, O'Dowda, whoever you want. Get them on and say, well, you know, we might as well lose three nil is is one nil, and go and do it. What we can't yeah. afford to do is concede an early goal because I think if we do that, but and and I like to attack as much as the next man. But you've got to pick your games. Um, uh, you've got to pick your games and you've got to pick your opportunities, and against the lesser teams you might be able to get away with playing a more attacking side. And if thinking outside the box, if you want to go 4-5-1 instead, uh, you can uh, play Some players seem to have disappeared. Saiku Janna, uh, I don't think he played for the under-23s in midweek. He's a wide player. Sam Pearson can play wide on the right. We've got Udauda can play wide on the left. So you could play a 4-5-1, but still with those three better defending not totally defensive, but better defending midfield players. I, I, I wouldn't want to see the side that played last night start at West Brom because I think we'd get absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. OK, um, Mark, the away following has uh, developed into a little bit of a, a cult movement, really. I mean, we're selling out away from home uh, with regularity. Some people even call in for uh, away season tickets. Um, if we lose on Saturday... That's three defeats in a row. Um, typical Bristol City that will pull one out the bag up there. How do you think it will go? I'll we'll ask you to go into the side because I think we've dwelt on that a lot. But um, you know, what, is, is there a crisis looming if we lose three in a week? No, it won't be a crisis because we set our expectations so low this season. We're not, we're not expecting much. We just didn't expect to um, wait, you know, wait until the eighth game, for, hopefully for our for a home win. But um, it's, we got, can't concede the first goal against West Brom. They're very strong physically. And I can remember when Barnsley came down, how direct they were. Piled people on, uh, you know, and, uh, get the ball under the bar from corners, win lots and lots of corners, very strong physically. And West Brom have been like that anyway for seasons. You know, look at them under, Pew, under Pulis. And once they got rid of him, they, they fell away. But I think we've got we've got to play three five two. There's not really much we can play with in midfield because we haven't got play the players fit. We just got to hope that the we keep it tight between the lines and we we put tackles in and make it as hard as as possible uh, for for West Brom to play. I mean, I saw the end of the game against QPR the other week and QPR. If the goalkeeper hadn't made a mistake, could let the ball squirm underneath him. I think from Carl and Grant in about fifth seventy fifth minute, they might have gone and gone on. And won the game, and, and I think this what they did was they got um, chair as the spare man able to run in behind the defence and cause them a lot of problems. And perhaps somebody like Scott could do that, but Wells and Martin have got to hold the line from the top. You know, make it hard for their fullbacks to to, to play out, yeah. play those balls out out from the from the back. And if it's a lot of shit, Ousry, I don't care. Make it as hard as possible. 
um, just make make it an ugly game. Don't worry about the don't worry about the crowd, and um, and if we can get a draw out there, it'd be a miracle. That would be a fantastic. I'd be pleased result. this punch if we do, and it'd be a great following West Brom. You know, terminus of the M5. We're going to have fantastic support there. So reward those fans, and they're very loyal, aren't they? I was at Peterborough the other week in the park, and you'll laugh at this, the three of you. I uh, I managed to rip my my uh, my jeans in the turnstile somehow. I've, I found a fifteen inch gash down the back of my uh, down the back of my oh, jeans. Dear. So uh, it was there quite a go. sacrifice, but it was oh, well, well worth it. Well, there we that's go. Your, um, that's your cooking. that's your story. Your I story. You said when you got into it. <laughs> Cookie yes. said on here, yeah. Cookie, Cookie 1988, I think he sums it up and Dave's agreed with him that uh, uh, Cookie says, basically, we need some in pace. But there we go. I'm not going to disagree with that. I put um, a post on OTIP. Some may have read it. Uh, it's not top of the pops in terms of popularity. I said, this decline has been going on for nearly four years. Compare the team then and now. I just did a little look up. Just before Christmas 2017, we beat Forest to move third in the table. Five days later, we turned over Man United. The team that beat Forest, fast stealing for fielding, was the same team that had that famous cup success. Fielding in goal, forget formations, look at the personnel and the basic shape. The back five, if you want to call it that, Wright, Flint, Baker, Magnus and Bryan. A midfield of Pat Smith, Browning and Patterson. Bobby Reed up front. I called that 5-4-1. Solid foundation, one man up front with pace. I said on there, who of that lineup would walk into our current team, injuries apart? And I said, I pick this blend. So listen to this carefully, right? Tell me if you disagree with it. I think Bentley gets a goalkeeping slot without question. Tanner, to me, even though he's a youngster in his early days, would get in ahead of right. Callas definitely gets in there, and that's uh, ahead of, um, I'm guessing, Magnuson. Um, Flint gets in there, yeah. Baker and Brian, that's your back five, yeah. So looking at the current players, let's say Tanner's in there, Flint's in there, Baker was and is. In the middle, the midfield, injuries apart, Williams would get in there, Brownhill would, Smith would. So Brownhill and Smith keep their places, and that's saying... Pack and Patterson are being replaced by Williams and uh, and Scott, and then up front Bobby Reed that season. Bobby Reed would uh, would would definitely uh, walk um, into that into that slot. Um, Dave, that I, I've called it a five four one. You could say it's a three six one or something like that. It looks a bit like that, doesn't it? Four six, no, I call it. <laughs> yeah, it is really because Bobby Reed just had that one. Str- I, I mean. Any any comments on there? You know, do you disagree with any of them? The ones that I've left uh, left out. I mean, Brian is clearly superior to anything we've got in there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brian Brian in those games was playing left wing, wasn't he? So you're Brownhill right wing, Brian. Sorry, Brownhill right wing, Brian left wing. You're Pack and Smith in the middle, and then you had your four centre backs as your as your defenders, mm. and then you had Patterson and Reed. Almost both playing like secondary strikers, didn't you? So you know, I, I think that side, believe it or not, was not necessarily the the most attractive to watch. They were they were a team that were quite attritional as well, but they had those bits of you know magic and the ability of you know people like Brian, who I thought was at his best in that left wing position to to create and score, and you obviously had. Reed, who was really on fire at that at that time, and and Patterson was probably playing his his best spell of football. But the key to that was 
they were three really tight units down the pitch. Yeah, there was rarely more than about thirty yards between them, and that was why our press was so effective, was because no one had to keep running 25, 30 yards to go and close a man down. Everyone was close at hand, and we mm. suffocated teams in that spell. It, 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 funny, the, the two games, I think it was either side of the Man United game. The Man United game was a, a different type of game, but the, the games either side, I think, was the one you mentioned was... And they beat QPR on the boxing day. That's what it was. Was it Forrest? No, they, no, they didn't. They, uh, they drew at QPR one on all. Anyway, anyway, so there, there were two games around that time. Forest was one of them. The other one was Middlesbrough, and I think we won either both of them 2-0 or 2-1. Or and we just basically played in their half, and, and, and we didn't allow them out. They created no, The opposition created nothing because we just, every time the ball came out, we harried them, a bit like Forrest did us. You know, they picked up every loose ball. We picked up every loose ball. In that. And that, to me, was the, the probably two or three months of Johnson peak when we played really well, and then he buggered around with the system and never recreated it again. Well, it was our transfer window, which was a disaster as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He changed, you know. So, as I said, Joe Bryan, for me, was probably in the best form of his life playing left wing. Second half of the season, he played him left back because he wanted to play Ryan Kent or Callum O'Dowda, you know, and oh, that's where, that's where yeah. it fell, fell apart. But yeah, so I, I think you can compare teams from eras. Um, I think there's there's not many of the current side that would be automatic picks in that side if they were if they had been available at that point. That's all I mm-hmm. Ian, um, I've said playing that formation or whatever, and Dave was quite rightly correcting me that, that Joe Bryan was playing more of a a left wing, so the back four back then was Wright, Flynn, Baker and Magnuson. Yeah, if you look at it as a four. But looking on the 5-4-1 principle, I've said with what we have now, and it's pretty much, it's a bit different to what we talked about for West Brom, but obviously Bentley in goal. Then a back five, or depends which way you want to look at, Tanner, Callas, Baker, Atkinson, Pring. What about a midfield four, again, subject to availability, and Williams is out this weekend, but Williams, Masengo, Scott and James with Wells as the lone striker. Ian, is that madness, what I'm suggesting with that? Because you're not going to concede um, with that. You've, you've packed the midfield, you've packed the defence, you've got Pring's overlapping capability, a la Joe Bryan, but not as good. What do you think of that line? Well, I, I said when I uh, read out the, the team that I go with, the three-five-two. You could also play a four-five-one, so you could play Bentley in goal from right to left, Biner, Callas, Baker to Silva as your back four. Uh, then from once again from right to left, Pring, uh, sorry, Tanner, Vyman, James, Masengo, Pring, and you've got Chris Martin or Naki Wells up front. So it's but Chris Martin's it's not going to so here. You know, well, he's not, yeah, but he can't, it, the ball, you said last night that it doesn't stick. The ball goes up to now. You can say, well, it's welled at him. That's why it doesn't stick. Yeah, but Dave, I also, but I also, I also said that if we put Wells up front, we'll have to play more football. We'll have to play the ball into his feet. He has no good smashing it over his head. The bloke's five foot six. Yeah, unless so, you get in channels, so but that's. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, Dave. You have to if you if you're controlling midfield and if you keep the ball, it's easier to slip balls down the channel, particularly if yeah. you've got uh, Scott playing or something. Like that. And and the reason I I said Vyman in midfield is because he does make runs past the ball, and most of those those other players and, and the next highest ones 
would probably be Masengo, who occasionally gets past the ball, uh, did it really well at QPR for the first goal. And then you've got Pring and Tanner, but Pring and Tanner, uh, or De Silva and Tanner as it was last night, couldn't get forward because we didn't have any control in midfield. So if they go steaming forward and our midfield loses the ball, as it's got a wont to do or gets caught in possession, and Atkinson was caught in possession two or three times last night. Yeah, he did. When he, no, came he out. did. Tried to be Webster. When he came, when he came out. Those, the, yeah. those, those fullbacks are thinking, well, hang on a minute. If I go storming up the, up the flank and no one gives me the ball, I'm going to look a right chump if it goes down my side. So I'm staying put. So 4-5-1, nice and solid. There is an argument for saying, well, look, why don't you play, play Pring uh, left-back, leave De Silva out and play O'Dowda as your, as your left-winger, if you want to call it that, your wide left player. And then you've got pace in uh, O'Dowda and you've got a bit of pace in Andy Vyman and they can both run past the ball. While Masengo and James don't go too far forward and, and tend to hold a bit more. But I think yeah. we've got to do something like that. But yeah. how many times do you see Vyman run forward with the ball in a controlled manner? Because Vyman is very 100 by midfield. The ball is bouncing off him all over the place. But Vyman is not a dribbler in the same way that on the two or three occasions every six months at O'Dowd does it. He can dribble. And he did have a decent first half offensively at the weekend against Brighton. And you're predicting with Pring, with O'Dowder in front, you're going for a combination that clearly the manager didn't like that at the weekend. Well, he, he, he didn't like it because he played 4-4-2. And, and, and I don't know, there was a lot of talk about O'Dowder not tracking back. But what I've also, but, the, but this is a formation that with more defensive wide players. Now, you can't have it both. Yeah. You can't say... You know, I want. I mean, there is another version of four five one where you'd have uh, O'Dowda, don't like O'Dowda, uh, Saiku Jana, or and on the right hand side, uh, you'd have Antoine Semenyo. But of course, Antoine's injured, and I, I think he's probably about from everything that I've heard is about a month away because the the operation has it looks like he he needs a lot more rehab than they thought he would, and, and like I say, my fear. Um, is that it'll be oh well we just need to go and do uh, go in and do another little clean up op because it's not ill properly and that happens from time to time I don't know I hope it I hope certainly I'm seems to happen to but, us but Jana Jana can play right side or left side and we played him against Forest Green he scored two goals and and then I don't think I think he might have been on the bench once since then that's it so what's yeah, happened to Pierce, him I think Pearson um, not not happy with him after the Middlesbrough sub appearance, and I think it, although he didn't mention him particularly, there was there was some comment that along the lines of, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, it's all right scoring a couple of goals in a League Cup game against a League Two side, but you need to be able to do the other side of the game, and, I, and he's not playing. Yeah. I thought he, yeah. I thought he might have been on the bench last night actually because he didn't. Him and Bell, neither of them played in the under twenty three game the day before, and I thought. So I imagine they might have been like 19th and 20th man, depending on whether anyone picked up any injuries. Yeah, yeah no, I, th- I think we have to be, we have to either say, right, okay. I mean, I've got no problem when we play these uh, these top top teams, the ones with the parachute money normally. I've got no problem with setting up more defensively. But if you want to do that, you need players who can defend. And that's why I say, if you push 
Tan Ron in front of uh, who seems to have a decent first touch and some control, and he can cross a ball, and he likes a one-on-one. Uh, what play him in front of Viner? Because then, you know, he'll have more confidence that he's not going to get exposed. Uh, I don't. I've got a problem with that. No, and when you're playing Hull, Peterborough, whatever, then you can be a bit more attack-minded because they'll come in sitting against us. Uh, and and yeah, you know, I'm saying Vyman in that position because he's played there for us before. But that could be Alex Scott, uh, could be Casey Palmer. But I, I think you know I like Scott, uh, but he's got to be in that. Well, in that formation, he'd be okay because he could naturally drift into a ten and have a little bit of a free roll because you've got Viner and Tanner doing the defend, doing more defending on the right hand side. Yeah. Um, and and it's not that Scott doesn't like a tackle because I think it actually I think he does for a creative player. He, yeah. he just isn't the biggest, is he? Yeah, guys, we're uh, we're, we're into an hour and ten uh, minutes. Um, Mark, uh, let you have a quick brief uh, comment from each of you on this. Um, Pearson, um, still the right man as far as you're concerned, Mark. Yeah, I don't think anybody could do any better with with, with the tools available, and I mean that in in the, in the nicest way. Until he gets another transfer window, we we won't know. Big mistake though, not replacing in Jeju. But yeah, I I stick with Pearson. I think he'll he'll get us out of this. Um, we'll just finish lower lower table, and then uh, let's kick on next season. Not much to beat about, but that's it. Yeah, Ian Pearson still the man. I th- I think the jury's out. To be honest, there seem like I've said. I think I've said this before, uh, but at the risk of repeating myself, there seems to be three schools of thought developing, and it seems uh, to be more prevalent now, particularly with our home form being so wretched. Uh, somebody made a very good point uh, when people are saying, "Well, you know, he's only got the players he's got. Five of the players on the pitch last night he signed." So, um, you know. <laughs> You you can't um, uh, you you can't say well it's not his team or anything like that. Now his managerial record since he's walked through the door, and I've already said that his last season was incredibly difficult because of the injuries, and I think that's the reason why a lot of the City fans are giving him a pass. But his record is played twenty eight, won seven, drew seven, lost fourteen, four thirty two uh, against forty one. So the goal difference is I think eleven or nine. Sorry. Uh, the win rate is 28%. His points rate is 33%. Uh, over a season, you get 46 points and, and quite often be relegated. Uh, so I question the wisdom of a three-year contract. Every manager is going to say, I need a three-year contract because they don't want to make too many profit promises and get fired for not delivering in year one. Uh, I'm not a, a Pearson out man, but I am a it needs to be under consideration because we're not we're, we're not playing great football. He talked about playing attacking football and being on the front foot, and I don't think we do that enough. No. Uh, we've done it well away from home a few times, uh, but our, our home record is dreadful, and there's a lot of basics wrong. First touch, passing, closing down. Now, you don't have to be Barcelona – to be able to do some of those things. And and I, and I, I think that needs a lot of work in training. But, but tactics, setup, team play, shape, I still don't see an identity. 
No. I really don't. No, so no, no for more me, identity than there was under Holland to some extent. Yeah. No, the, so, the jury's, to me, the, the, the jury's, jury's out. All right, so Mark's yeah. saying jury, uh, Mark's saying stick, Ian's saying the jury's out. Dave, I think I know which way you're going to go, but at what point, at what point does uh, the pressure build if it's not already built? I don't think it is, because I think the powers that be at the top uh, not going to do a knee-jerk, but what, what's your view, Dave? And what do you want to see between now and Christmas? What would you, what would you like to see that's different to what we've seen so far? I, I think we... I think we have to look at Pearson and, and have a look at his remit. And, and I, I think his remit is wider than just being the manager of the football club. I, I think he's taking on a role which is, you know, consultant, advisor, whatever you want to call it. He is basically project managing, getting this club from being the shambles it was. And not all of that is based on what happens on the pitch. So, you know, whether you want to cut in some slack or not for that, it doesn't really matter. But um, I think he's come in and he's been he's, he's basically sold to Lansdowne and Lansdowne's agreed with him that this is a long project. The club's in a bit of a mess. Who do you want to help you plan and and, and execute that 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 plan? And and he's and he's chosen Nigel Pearson to do it. I actually made a post last night on on OTIB that I thought I don't necessarily see. Nigel Pearson being the, I'll call it the first team manager for the whole of that three-year contract. And actually, I think at some point, he'll become more, I, I, you can call it whatever you want, you know, director of football, general manager. But I think at some point, there'll be someone who'll come in and be the first team manager and Nigel Pearson will kind of just be a bit more in the background. Because actually, I think that's the way he'd like to be now. I think he's probably a bit too too involved at the moment for what he probably really want, but that's a case of circumstances. So somebody like not Russell Martin, because obviously he's got the Swansea, but yeah, that, maybe that, the young lad assuming Plymouth don't go up. The, the, lad, the lad at Plymouth could be uh, yeah. an option, couldn't that, he? Yeah. That type of model, which you know, if, if you go back five years or however long it is, and say when Lee Johnson came in, wouldn't it have been really useful if he'd have had Nigel Pearson above him, assuming, you know, Characters, you know, don't don't clash and things like that, because Johnson in effect got loud with all his whims with no experience, didn't he? And what yeah. he needed, what he needed over that period of time was someone to just sit above him and say, "Lee, that's 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 a great no, idea. a football man sat above him, not yeah. our uh, dearly departed." That's uh, brilliant. On the training ground, that'll work a treat, and then on a Saturday it went, and and that's what that's what you need. So I see, I see. Nigel Pearson's role changing over time. At the moment, I think we need him to be in there being responsible for that whole kind of football side plan. Results aren't, you know, until until last night, results this season are, are, are fine. I think I don't really look at last season because last season was he had no transfer window. We had a group of players who didn't want to play because they were out of contract. We can say, you know, we, we didn't keep fam. We didn't want to stay. I don't know. We need to just get over it. We really and do. just to backtrack, Dave. Sorry to interrupt. When you say people didn't want to stay, neither did uh, um, Flint, um, Joe Bryan, no. and Bobby Reed. If player wants to go, they want to go. Don't they? There was a bit of a provocative post last night on OTIB about this, and you know they got some responses. I think it was from Lucan. Um, who, funny enough, you know, for using the name, he, he only appears when we lose. But um, 
if only the real one would 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 turn up at some point um but we're we had the right strategy in the past which was buy young develop and you know sell on for a profit the hope with that strategy is it had a second a second line to it which is you grow the team at the same pace as those players so they don't yeah. want to leave and that's the bit we didn't execute those players outgrew us for whatever or they out, they outwaged us i mean that's well, you know money same, talks same, same thing dave because you, you, you know if okay you're never going to stop a premier league club you know coming and taking your players off you but you actually, you know, in someone like Webster's case, if we'd have, if we'd have got to the playoffs or Brownell's uh, situation, got to the playoffs, they might have said, "I like being here. I, I'll, I'll give it six months next season, and then, and then I, I might go." So you, you, you at least give yourself. You engender a team. You engender yeah, a team and, culture, and that's the bit we've not got got right. And we're yeah. miles off it at the moment, but yeah, we're, we're scraping scraping through. And I think, yeah, you know, if if you if you change the manager now. You, you, it's not gonna. No, it's not gonna happen. I think what you're saying, uh, Dave, or not what you're saying, you're in the same. You're in the same camp as as uh, as as Mark and Ian. I think. Mean, I think all of it. I'll add myself to this. Uh, I, I think the jury is out, but I don't think there's going to be any changes if we slip into the relegation zone. Come the turn of the year, transfer window and stuff like that. You know, maybe different. And we've got. As I say, three out of the next four are away from home, based on our away from Ashton Gate performances. You'd say, you know, we could think, pick up some points, but let's, let's just, you know, I know, I know you can include certain players in in the recruitment or whatever, but let, let's, you know, and I'm going off on a slight tangent here, so apologies, but he signed Tanner because he probably saw an opportunity to get get a player in he probably didn't think he'd be going for until next summer. He's yeah. coming in and he's started really well he, he won't he'll have a, a drop off at some point whatever but that's really good atkinson's come in and looked really good so his two fee-based signings have been really good he's then he's then brought you know he signed you know i'm going to be a bit kind of loose with the rules here he signed vyman and baker baker was out the door wasn't he effectively vyman was always yeah. kind of being offered something he signed those guys for significantly less money than what they were on I think wages credit yeah. for that. You know, he until we see the the accounts for last season, it'd be difficult to know what what kind of the the, the funds are going to be this, or you know, the financial situation is going to be this season. But he's he's probably cut somewhere, you know, and this is a, a pretty cautious figure, ten to twelve million off the off the the cost of that of that uh, football club for a club that whose costs were escalating every single year. Yeah. He's trying to do this with, you know, a, a third less budget in effect. Yeah. No, I mean, budget. Dave, you make that's, a, that's an excellent point. I mean, we said at the turn of the in the close season, we said it's all about survival this season, and God, hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to go down to go back up again. I think that's a long way off, guys. Uh, Mark, well, here, Dave, 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 can I just? On. Dave, can I just quickly add? I think the job that Pearson's been given, Dave's quite right about reducing cost. He's been told to do that. Um, I, I will ask. I'm going to ask the questions I said to you of Richard Gould at the um, at the dinner. Senior Reds um, tomorrow. But that we're going to uh, about exactly. We keep hearing this figure of 35 million uh, banded about by some knowledgeable people. I have to add, it's not you know, it's not Kevin on Facebook. It's my estimate people was 32 like, uh, million. So that's 
Yeah, you know, be interested to see what what we get when he came. Yeah, in. and and that's an awful lot of money, but it's an awful lot of money when you compare it to the ten million we lost a year before. And say say let's just say we lose ten million this year, that comes up fifty two to fifty five mil. Now you're only allowed to lose thirty nine million over over the three. But three years. I know they're talking about rolling twenty twenty one and twenty one twenty two into the same thing. They'll have to do separate accounts for companies' house because companies' house won't let them do that. Yeah, so that's um, purely FFP results. At the end, isn't it, yeah, yeah. So, but but I think he, he's been told, keep us in the division and providing you do that, you're all right. Yeah, no, um, that's a very... And I think that's the, that's the extent of our ambition. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, why don't I... I might as well just go away for two years and I'll come back year three when we're going to have a go. But in order for that to work, we have to stay in the championship for the next two seasons because relegation would be an utter disaster. It yeah. really would. I, I, yeah. It's not It's not dissimilar, Ian, to probably the post-Gary Johnson, Derek McInnes era. And I'm never, never quite sure he was mm. managing when because I wasn't as massively following it back then. I'm a bit of a part-timer. Sorry, everyone. But, um, but it feels like we're... A bit similar here. We're in a bit of a rebuild period. It's, it may be, you know, not that dissimilar starting point to perhaps where we were start sixteen seventeen season, having you know just avoided relegation. And we, I agree. We fought I totally agree with battle that. all that season, didn't we? And, and kind of got. I totally agree with in that. In the last few months, when we when we jettisoned Tomlin out, out yeah. the side, and it does feel a little bit like that. Apart from our cost bases. At least twice as big as what it is. Like. I know. So we're 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 achieving no more for a lot more. In so I, cost. Think you know, guys, I think you're probably saying the same yeah. thing. Guys, one here's, thing here's again, just to pick, just to pick up on just to pick up on that as a final point from me, Dave. You might be able to have a look at this, and you know you're always welcome on here. But if not after a game, then in the international break, looking at Coventry City, right? Because in the old days, when Coventry were in the Premier League. We used to say, and they stayed there for 30 odd years. We used to say that's a club that we can model ourselves against. Coventry have been through the mill, they've not played at their ground and everything like that. I'd like to know, and Coventry are up there in the top six on merit with a manager that's been mentioned more than once in the last eight years as a manager at Ashton Gate. I'd just like to know the structure of their finances because they haven't had financial fair play, they haven't got a benefactor, right? What losses are they having? Because if we're, you know, if we're being bailed out by a financial benefactor and we're getting decent gains, right? What is fundamentally wrong with our cost base? That's not to discuss now, but that's something that maybe we can develop a discussion in. If we can talk about this. Go on. Problem is, David, on, on, if you use Coventry as an example, we, we don't have any accounts of them as a championship football club. But. You can bet your bottom dollar their cost base was lower. I think if you start to maybe compare us to your Millwalls, your Blackburns, your... Uh, All right, yeah. Barnes. Established because they were in League One a couple of years ago. So it's really a case of looking you, at the I, 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 accounts I, I, and the wage costs of clubs that are... We've, we've, you know, our, someone like Barnsley, their budget is 40% of ours. Yeah. You know, okay, they're struggling this season. So, you know, maybe they're not the great, but, you know... Your, your Millwall, Millwall, 40%, Blackburn, about 60% of ours. You know, we waste money. There we go. You've said it. You've said it. And it's analysing where we waste it. Because we sell players and we make a lot of money. We were top of the league over a given period with 
ins and outs, correct me if I'm wrong there, Dave. We were, weren't we, over a certain period? Yeah. So we make money, but we bloody waste money. And I'd like to know how and where we do that. Guys, again, thank you, uh, Dave, Mark, Ian. Um, we'll be back again on Saturday after the game against West Brom. It'll be a normal six o'clock podcast. Uh, we've decided the home games because of lateness and getting back from the game. Saturday home games will do live pods, probably Sunday coffee time, 10.30. Evening games, we'll do them like this one is being recorded uh, the day after on the lunchtime. But thank you to everybody who's listening. We've had exactly the same number of people tuning in at various stages as we do on a Saturday, so that's made it uh, worthwhile. And uh, onward and upward towards 100 episodes and 50,000 downloads. Thanks to everybody for listening. And the guys, again, thanks to you for your contribution. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks all. Bye-bye.